This is the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Illumina Genomics Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Broman, and I'm a scientific liaison at Illumina. Every podcast, I interview top scientists whose work in genomics is shaping the way we think about science and our world. The Saima ring seal is a critically endangered seal found only in Lake Saima in southeastern Finland. The seals are actually derived from marine seals that became trapped in Lake Saima about 10,000 years ago at the end of the Vexelian Ice Age, a time when Finnish inland lakes were formed by retreating glaciers. The long period of isolation has greatly reduced their genetic diversity, but this makes them an excellent model system for studying phenotypic evolution and the effects of population isolation. Today, I'm at the University of Helsinki in Helsinki, Finland. I'm here with Dr. Petri Auvinen, Research Director at the Institute of Biotechnology. Petri leads the DNA Sequencing and Genomics Lab, and he joined me to talk about the Saima ring seal. Uh, since the last ice age, there has an uh, endogenous seal encaptured in the Lake Saima in Finland. So it has been there something like 860 generations. And there are very few of them. So there's also conservation biology. So they are, they, in the 80s, there were only 140 individuals. Now there are something like 350, 360. Uh, it's a ringed seal. So the, the nearest neighbors are in the Lake Ladoga, which is now in Russian. Then the Baltic. There's also the Baltic uh, ring seal. And then the majority of the population is in Arctic. So there are millions of them in, in Arctic. Petri and his colleague Yuka Yernval started the Saima ring seal project in 2013. They aim to sequence the full genome of the Saima ring seal and publish the data this fall. This project started, I think, 2013. I have a colleague, uh, Jukka Järval, who is an academic professor and has been studying the teeth for all, all his life. And we were just chatting in, in, a, in a cafeteria in July. Then he said to me that, okay, the, uh, he has been thinking that should we do something with the Saima ring seal genome? And then I've been thinking this, exactly the same thing with my colleague Lars Paulin here. And that is because uh, I'm interested about the bottleneck. A population bottleneck, or genetic bottleneck, occurs when a population size is drastically reduced for a generation or more. This reduces the genetic variation in the population, and it makes it less able to adapt to new selection pressures, like climate change. The Saima ring seal population experienced a dramatic decline over the last hundred years, resulting in a population bottleneck. The aim was to resolve the Saima ring seal and then use the genome information for gene uh, phenotype uh, consequences. So we have made a reference genome of the Saima ring seal. Since the technology developed, we thought that we are going to sequence some tens of individuals to get the population items, but we have now sequenced 200 individuals with lower coverage, some of them with higher with different kind of phenotypes we know from the teeth. By analyzing the large number of genomes, Petri and his team found thousands of SNPs, or single nucleotide polymorphisms, that are specific to the Saima ringed seal. There's one really interesting thing we tried to look forward was that we found about 600,000 SNPs in the Saima ring seals, which are seen only in Saima. And that is a surprising fact. Then, then when I got the number in early uh, November, I was then thinking that it can't be true. There have to be something wrong with the data. And then it, we were scrutinizing it back and forth, and then the, the only conclusion was they are real SNPs. It's normal for a seal genome to have SNPs. In fact, all genomes have SNPs, including our own. 
SNPs arise during cell division, when errors in DNA replication can lead to varying DNA sequences. Now, if the SNPs happen to be in genes, they can affect the health or appearance of the organism, but most SNPs have no effect. Since SNPs are inherited, they can also be used to measure genetic similarity in a population. Then there is a conundrum that we don't know yet what is the answer for that. Since if you had 600,000 SNPs which are only seen in, in, in Saimaa, if you compare the amount of SNPs per generation, we should have 20x higher mutation rate in the Saimaa to get them uh, after the, uh, just 10,000 years. You can't create them. This is based on human genome evolution. And in even human genome, uh, some people are saying that they are evolving twice as faster than the other big mammals. So it might be that it's even faster. So a big part of the genome Saimaa has to be either mutated, which we don't believe, or then it's from other population. Uh, we are now sequencing the Arctic, so we hope that it will be the Arctic. If it's not an Arctic, then there is a very, very uh, kind of bold hypothesis that it's, it has been there longer than the last ice age. Since the ice age is going back and forth, so there have been lakes there also before the last Vexillian ice age. So it could be an older one, or there would be something else. This type of hypothesis has actually been validated in other biological systems. For example, Petri and his team have also sequenced the genomes of numerous species of birch tree, including Betula pendula and Betula pubescens. They compared the SNPs across different birch species and discovered that one of the species they analyzed, thought to be Betula nana, was actually something else. The mechanism for this may have parallels to the Saima ring seal. We have been also sequencing the, the birch genome. Betula pendula is a diploid. And then we have been sequencing, also putting together, we sequenced 10 other species. Uh, we have uh, Petula pubescens, which is a tetraploid. And when we were looking for the SNPs, since we also sequenced some 80 individuals of different population studies for those, we saw that one of the genome might be Pendula in the tetraploid. And the other one, people thought that it's, it's Nana, which is living on, on the high altitudes in northern Finland. But it seems it's not. So all the things usually change. And this is one of the things that really did change. That's why we thought immediately in the Saima that might be something which is lost, since it's, it might well be that in the birds, where the part of the tetraploid genome comes from, have already disappeared. So this might be that this, this genus is not anymore, since that's 40, 60 million years ago, it might not be here anymore. And that's the exactly the same kind of ideas of the birds and the Saima ringsteel genome projects started completely differently, but we ended up with speciation and there's exactly the same kind of things. So the Saimaa ring seal genome is really helping us to understand the genetic bottleneck effects in the Saimaa ring seal, but Petri also aims to use the genomic data to study the genetics of ring seal skull and tooth development. And then with the, with the phenotypes, if you think about the, the Saimaa, so we have, a, uh, we have also studied the skull, so we know with the, we have one person who works with the morphometry, so we know also the changes in the skull. So these are the, the second set of genes we are going to look as candidate genes. So the first is the, the tooth. We have phenotypes which are only in Saima, which are not there in any other places, so we can look for the genes which are involved there. And in the longer run, we are going to put them in mice. We, we put these combinations of SNPs into the mice and seasons. That's what Yuka has been doing. So then we can look for the phenotypes in mice, since we can't do transgenic seals. And this is the, the kind of the, the, the things I'm interested in. So there's the bottleneck effect, and then there's the, the fen, gene to phenotype. Studying the history of Saimaa ring seal teeth can tell us a lot about their evolution and past ecology. By combining this paleontological data with genomics data, 
Petri hopes to identify the genes and the regulatory networks that regulate tooth formation. And that why the tooth is so important is that when the tooth is born, it doesn't change anymore. Then they are all preserved. So when you take the paleontology view, the teeth are always there. So yeah. you can study the teeth until a long time ago. And then that's exactly what paleontologists are doing and Oyuka has been doing. So look for the teeth morphology and then you can see what they have been eating and then uh, for the regulatory network. So that's what Yuka has been doing for many years. So we have models for the tooth. So we know exactly how the tooth is forming. So we can do first uh, computer testing, computer models, which kind of a regulatory units and expression levels are uh, forming a different certain kind of a tooth. The genomics data suggests that the Saima ring seal is its own new species. I asked Petri if this knowledge would have an impact on protecting the critically endangered Saima ring seal. Yes, since then it's a known new species, and then you can't transfer anything, and it's even more uh-huh. da- endangered. Since okay. if you think about it, you have millions of, I don't know how many millions, ring seals there in the Arctic. So you think that okay, you take thousand Arctic ring seals and put them in Saimaa, they will probably, first of all, they will die, most of them, and then they might poison the genome. So one of the things that we're trying to do in here is to develop markers that can be used to identify each of the animals. Then we can have the genetic relation with each of the things that we found. And one of the things for the conservation biologists would that would be also be able to identify them. The data we have, we create already now, can be used for, for protecting this endangered species. That's great news for the Saima ring seal. Petri and I discussed how the Saima ring seal genome might even help us humans to better understand cancer. And then for, if you think about the human diseases, the interesting thing with the Saima seals are they are very, very healthy. So they are not having cancer, and they are very healthy. So they, are, they usually die because they are in the net of fishing, fishing nets. But usually, if you think about it, they are fairly old. They are 30, 40 years old. They, they should have cancer, but they don't. So there's a paradigm. When you have very many big animals, you have more cells you should have more cancer. Yeah, I know that elephants don't get cancer. Yeah, since they have P53 modification. That's something that we we are going to look at the cancer, the onco regulators in the Saimari, since they don't have. Finally, I asked Petri what excited him the most about the future of genomics. He believes that sequencing will continue to enable important biological discoveries. And he also believes that sequencing will ultimately reshape how we think of biological species. I have some colleagues who think that the sequencing is going to end, and I think it's on the contrary. I, I find sequences as calculators. Yeah, it's an approach, and there are many, many different kind of things that you can use the, the sequencing for. And there will be there, there are uh, unbelievable things that you can find with functional genomics. Now with the CRISPRs and other modification systems, now you can start looking for single genes or single action, what they are doing in animals or in, in cells. So I think there will be many things. All the rna all the RNA modifications, RNA regulators, then the population of biology and speciation. That's something which is going to be... We, we already now know in our own small projects, which we have been doing, that what we think about the species is going to be changed completely. So whole genome sequencing is helping to bring the Saima ring seal back from the brink of extinction. We certainly wish them the best of luck. But that's all for now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our interviews with genomics experts. Join me next time when I'll be discussing the genomics of pediatric cancers with Dr. Todd Drewley from Washington University in St. Louis, here on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Podcast.